My name's Tom and welcome to my race chinwag. For every single Formula One race this year, pre and post race, we'll be talking all about it live on YouTube, but this is the audio only version just for your nice, cute little ears. Give us a like, five star, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening, and let's crack on. See chat, you might like to think I'm late. I like to think it's a self-imposed 90 second penalty welcome to the post race austrian grand prix 2023 chinwag roll intro hello everyone thank you all for coming thank you all for giving me your time welcome chat how are we doing welcome to everyone who's watching and listening after the fact as well my name's Tomo. Welcome, Gooey, Drew, Ryan, Cam, Kerry, George, Not Yet, Lem, Chad, Carlos, Mark, Mr. Crin, Carl, James, Michael, Xavier, Marcel, Matthias, Dex, Keshav, Alex, Risha, King Reese, Ryan, Marta, CBM, Tulsi, Christopher, uh, Nutterwurt, uh, Hardbolts, Mascorn, Oliver, Tub Talks, Aylor, Owen, Ben, Caroline Daly, Rev Z, Ben, Nicholas, Zephyr, Matt, Jess, Vincent, Sempire, Jack, Philip, Cam. Welcome, everyone. Thank you all for coming. Thank you all for taking the time. It's a pleasure to be back on your screens talking live all about the Austrian Grand Prix. Oh, I'm standing. I'm, I always stand for these streams now. I'm standing. I've got some ice, ice cold water. Because um, today is 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 an exciting day um it's been a, an exciting weekend as well um because i did attend the austrian grand prix it was a uh, pretty based very good hello break good to see you my friend um yes it was good it was fun i was in austria friday for practice and qualifying saturday as well for sprint quality and the sprint shootout flew home sunday morning to make it back into London for the last lap to cover the race. And subscribe to the last lap, by the way. There is a link in the description if you haven't already. The live watch-along show that we do for every single Grand Prix. And podcast as well. Um, yes. I'm excited to talk about this one, man. I'm excited to talk about this one. It was good. It, you know what? It was actually tighter than I thought. Um, getting, that's a sentence out of context um <laughs> timing was tighter than i thought getting back um our flight arrived at heathrow uh, about half 10 and then by the time you get through security and then getting from gatwick to our studio in east london it was time was tight time was tight but we got there in the end um we had about 20 minutes to, sh um, to spare me and out me and out us went at the weekend and yeah it's uh Let's get into it. Let's talk about it. But first, before we talk about it, don't forget audio only this uh, stream, which I have not recorded. It's oh, I'm so annoying. I forget in OBS sometimes to click start recording before, and I've forgotten this time. But I will download it after the fact and then upload it audio only. You can listen to this audio only after the fact if you can't be asked to look at my face or you need to go somewhere and do something else. It will be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts um, by the middle of today. So I do that after. The, um, and thank you to everyone who's listening. Ear only people, um, give 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 us a give us a five star rating. Go on, you know you want to. Right, okay. Race rating out of ten. Chat. 
can we get some suggestions um what you're thinking in terms of a race rating out of 10 again it's for me it's 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 race race weekend event you know i'm i'm talking about the weekend right it's we have to we have to include take into account saturday take into account the full thing right because i, I you know I think this this poll will be quite easy to set up. So, um, race weekend out of ten. I think I, I need to be a bit more prescriptive. So, I'm gonna do nine or more as the top option, then eight, seven, six or less. So what we what we given this race race weekend again we always do you know for my um, bangers and clangers it's it's over the weekend so don't forget about Saturday don't forget about Saturday um, obviously most points are rewarded on the Friday, um, on the Sunday so that is where the focus of you know someone has a a terrible Friday a terrible Saturday but an amazing Sunday then that does pretty much make up for it um, but yeah what are we saying what are we saying because again it was a Sprint weekends, different format. Again, having gone and only having gone for the Friday, Saturday, I felt like I got the full experience for sure. I didn't feel like I missed out at all. If anything, this is my perfect way of doing a weekend. I've said this many a time before. I do think going to the race on a Sunday, of course, mate, it's, don't get me wrong, it's, it's an incredible privilege to do it. If you can, I would save your money and go Friday, Saturday if you can if you can save a bit of money and not go on the Sunday because Sunday is typically the most expensive. It depends on the Grand Prix, you know, whether it's a three day pass or one day or whatever. On a sprint weekend in particular, if you can just go Friday, Saturday, just do that, save your money, and you get the full experience as far as I'm concerned. You get the full experience. It was um it was a pleasure. And it's a, it's a fantastic venue as well. Of course it is. Um, right, okay. Ooh, it's interesting. So we are getting 9% six or less. 27% giving this a seven. 51% giving it an eight. And 12% giving it a nine or more. Well, for me, I agree. I have given it an eight out of 10. This race, for me, right? This race, this weekend, the only thing it lacked was that battle for the win. Max was was comfortable, right? Okay, you know, Saturday, there was a little bit of Checo getting in there and we'll talk about that. But other than that, you know, Charles kind of was about at the start of, of the race, but he didn't really mount a challenge that you felt could be sustained. And ultimately, Max did kind of take off with it. He had a full pit stop in hand. He could pit for the softs and get fastest lap as well. Another, you know, if it's more than a pit stop, if it's more than 20 seconds, the gap, um, you can call that a dominant performance. And I'm glad Red Bull let Max go for the fastest lap as well. That was the, you know, the fun, the vibe thing to do. They did the vibe thing, right? It was good. It was good. It was good. Um, yeah, eight out of 10. It had, it was a power move. You're right, professors. It, it was a power move. And it, it was, yeah. I mean, to be fair, the team didn't want to do it, did they? The team were like, oh, no, we'd rather not risk it, like whatever. And obviously, Max wanted to do it because obviously, Mac, Max wants to push for every point. Also, like, you know, at Austria, and we'll talk about this, like, it is literally at least 80% Max Verstappen fans at Austria. It's 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 mad. It's it's so different to any other Grand Prix I've been to in that regard, right? Every other race I've been to, there's been such a mixture 
but here it's so overwhelmingly Max. Max knows that this is a, this is a home race, right? As much as Zanvoort. So for him to to pit for fastest lap at the end on the soft tyres, one last cane it round the track to get fastest lap to win the race as well in front of all the Dutch fans, like you you, you had to let him do it. You had to let him do it. <coughs> um, Lord Uzik, thank you for the 100CZK. Petition to rename the Austrian Grand Prix to Snitchin and Bitchin GP. Also saw loads of drivers complaining about track limits. Just stick to the white lines, lads. Simple as. Yeah, I mean, look. When you're when you're seeing how... To be fair, as a driver, right? When you're seeing how heavily um, track limits are being um, policed. And if you don't know, something you might not actually know, the results have changed after the race, by the way. Some of the drivers have moved around. We'll get into it. But some of the drivers haven't finished where they actually finished in the race because loads of penalties have been applied after the fact, which is obviously a joke. Again, we will get into it. But if you know these things are being um, policed that strictly, then you're going to snitch. You're going to be on the radio being like, oh, he went 44 centimetres off of the track. That's actually quite a lot. Um millimeters billimeters like what's a bill billimeters not even a measurement what are you talking about idiot um but yeah so the results did move around and yeah some drivers were very very affected um others not so much there were um i believe well actually so i know before before the um additional penalties were given after the race i believe i think it was russell and joe I think I think I saw a F1 Reddit um, on Twitter, funny enough, post um, the who got you know, penalties and who who got who got penalties, who got warnings, and I think Russell and Joe were the only two who didn't, at least before the end of the race. I could be wrong there. I, I could be wrong. So 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 don't hold me to that. Um, thank you, uh, Munch Life as well, and thank you. It's come up twice, um, but thank you, Munch Life, for becoming a friend of Tom. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining the two pound a month. Gang. Lovely jubbly. Um, but yes, 8 out of 10 for me, it was just great. Like, again, it had everything. We've said this before. It, The best a race can be without having a battle for the lead is, is an 8 out of 10 because you do need that. Of course, you care more about a scrap for P1 than you do for P18, right? Now, the scrapping for P18 was entertaining and we had plenty of it, right? Even like obviously on the Saturday with the wet conditions, best sprint race bar none. It was I was so grateful to like see that live. It was so sick. I was sat at the top of turn three, had a fantastic view of the max squeeze on on, on Checo, and a bit of a view of the rundown as well. Actually, when Checo squeezed Max on the grass, um, that was great. And part of me was like, oh okay, was it great just because of the conditions? The weather was a bit mixed up, but in the dry conditions on Sunday, man. So many quality scraps. Checo and, and Carlos as well. Whew, that one was a banger. Um, yeah, just just great battling throughout. Um, it had everything for me apart from that battle at the front. Otherwise, it ticked all the boxes. Um, top tier, top tier. Absolute top tier. Um, Oliver, thank you for the 249. Drivers agreed to break the rules, turn 10 to end limits, minus 24. I'm not sure what, what that, that means. Um, drivers agreed to break rules, 
turn 10. So turn 10 was where a lot of them were extending, turn nine and 10. <coughs> That's where the track limits were becoming a bit of an issue, a bit of an issue. Wasn't it 1,200 instances they had to look back at? 1,200 instances. It's, it's silly. Again, we will get onto it. Um, but yes, Ampera's intimidated science. Yes, the intimidation was strong. That line from Carlos, he's intimidating me. <laughs> Carlos Science, his radios are underrated bangers. Stop inventing. He's intimidating me. What, what other good Carlos Science chat? What, what other really good Carlos Science radios are they? Uh, are there that exist? Uh, <laughs> I actually, um, when I saw, hang on, I've retweeted it. Let me show you. Um, when I saw <laughs> this picture, right? This picture. Hang on, zoom. Go on, get into focus. This picture of Carlos Sainz. I love this picture so much. Smooth operator. Yeah, true, true, true. I forgot, forgot about that most obvious. That picture of Carlos Sainz. Oh my God. I literally... <laughs> I think I'm going to cry. It... <laughs> oh my God. It's honestly so good. Um, debris. Yeah, debris. Did I send it? Send it? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I sent it or did I send it? Carlos Sainz radio. He's, I think he's my favourite on the radio, Carlos Sainz. He just... Oh, he's too good, man. He's too good. I, I, I'm... You know what? I'm... He's one of them drivers. I think now I'm starting to just, like, I've always liked Carlos, but I think now, I don't know. I've, I've, he's feel like he's becoming one of my, like, you know, I've got my, I've got my favorites. I've got obviously Albon, number one. I've got, you know, Ocon's right up there as well. Yuki's right up there. Lando. And Carlos is kind of making his way into that now. He's just, he's just quality. He's just, ah. That man just seems just top tier. Love it. Um, but yeah, eight out of 10. Thank you very much, Red Bull Ring. Um, quality event. And um, yeah, the racing went down an absolute treat. So um, thank you, Max, by the way, for joining Friends of Tomo as well. Appreciate it. Thank you very much, Max. Um, right, cool, 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 cool. So that, let's have a little reflect on the race results, shall we? Round 10 of 22. Um Max Verstappen wins the race, fastest lap as well. Ahead of Charles Leclerc, Sergio Perez rounds out the podium. Lando Norris, P4, not Carlos Sainz. He falls down to P6, having been given a... Is it 10 seconds? Is it 10 seconds um, penalty after the fact? So, again, again... Uh, this is why I, I this is why I posted this because this is Carlos's reaction to finding out that he's dropped from P4 to P6. So I, I think it's really funny. But I'm sorry, audio only listeners. Uh, go onto my Twitter and you'll find it. The Carlos. <laughs> I love that picture so much. I love it so. Oh my god! No, no, no. There's another picture I've got to show you. Um, Katie Fairman tweeted it, and it's the <laughs> God. It. So you know you had the. <laughs> If you saw before the race, they had um, blokes with with uh, jetpacks flying around, and um, one of them fell, and then it cut to Oscar Pierre. <laughs> I can't even. I literally right. 
last night I saw these two pictures and I thought it was just made because I was really tired. I was just getting the giggles about it. But <laughs> just, just, just look at Oscar. Look at it. Look at this. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> I'm so I'm sorry. <laughs> Those two pictures, man. Oh my god, it's something about it. I <laughs> I'm actually crying. Oh, it's too much. Max Verstappen one <laughs> ahead of Charles Leclerc. <sighs> Compose yourself, man. Gee, oh my god. Compose yourself. Right, cool. Um, science fell down to P6. Uh, Russell Hamilton, not good weekend for the Mercedes boys. Hamilton got a penalty, finished ahead of Russell, but they got switched because I think uh, Hamilton also got 10 seconds. Uh, Lance Troll P9, uh, Pierre Gasly P10, Alex Albon just outside the points. He did get a 10 second penalty um, at the end, added afterwards as well, but held on to his P11. Joe Guanyu, because he was very good. He got promoted up to P12. Um, Logan Sargent, um, P13. Esteban Ocon. Esteban Ocon got 30 seconds after the race in penalties. Mad. 30 seconds. Honestly. Uh, thank you, Helix, by the way, for the uh, 129 SEK. Do you think this weekend will be the nail in the coffin for Spa with yet another horrible incident? They need to change Rouge or remove Spa from the calendar. RIP Delano. Yes. Um, yeah, horrible. Um, I didn't actually... I, if you don't know, one of the young drivers, um, Delano Vantoff, um, was, was killed at Spa this weekend at... Uh, I think I haven't looked back, to be honest. I haven't really looked into the details. I believe it was in a similar position to where the Uber uh, incident had. And it was chucking down with rain at Spa. And in uh, Frecker, I think it was a last lap shootout as well. There's there's definitely questions around whether that serious, serious questions around, around whether that race should have been allowed to go on looking at the conditions. And um, yeah, he, he, he didn't make it out, um, sadly. And... Yeah, because I was that was on the Saturday, so I didn't actually signal was kind of in and out, and then I was chatting to if you're watching Rob, um, great lads, uh, who was helping me and out us out at at Austria, and um, yeah, he he was like, oh, someone's yeah, someone's been drivers, young drivers been killed. I was like, and you just you kind of when you think of it, you think of the most dangerous tracks on on, on the calendar. Not just F1, but more generally, it's, it's, it spars right at the sharp end, isn't it? So, yeah, um, a lot of drivers. Obviously, Robert, um, sorry, Richard for sure, um, fellow Dutch driver, knew Delano well, apparently, and he won in F2, dedicated that to, to him. And, yeah, you could see, you know, Lance. Lance was Lance was really um, um, caught up about it um, when he was being interviewed after um on on saturday you can tell it really like you know it might feel like a world away frecker and f1 right but these drivers all understand that there is risk involved and you know whatever category you're in 
Um, even, you know, these Freca cars, that they're, they're, yes, they're much slower than F1, but they don't have the same safety built into them. Uh, and yeah, it, it's, it's awful. It's, it's truly, it's awful. And yeah, it, it makes you, it does make you question, you know, you look at a, a track like Spa, um, you know, the decision to race was clearly the wrong one. And they made, yes, it was, it looked similar condition wise to 2021 Spa, a race that didn't go ahead. The difference is, you know, the, the drivers in F1 have power. Um, and you can't put the responsibility on, on young drivers. You know, some of these kids are, yeah, 16, 17, 18. Um, you know, Delano was 18 and you can't put the responsibility on these drivers to, you know, stand up and be like, we're not going to race in these conditions. You know, you have to put the responsibility on the adults in in the in the room, the event organisers, to, you know, enforce what is correct and, and right. Of course, yes, you know, Uber's incident, that didn't happen and it wasn't absolutely pouring down with rain where that happened. There is inherent risk there, but to let it go with that many cars on track as well in Frecky, you have like 30 plus cars, I think. And a last lap shootout, scrapping for, yeah. Questions need to be asked for sure, Helix. Um, yeah, Spa, Spa is, is, a, is a track with amazing history, has produced some amazing, incredible moments, but there, there, there's a line where we have to kind of, you have to accept a degree of the risk in motorsport, but when one particular part of one particular track so often produces like the most dangerous, arguably the most dangerous type, types of accidents where even with the changes, you can hit a wall and bounce back onto a racing line and whatever. Like questions need to be asked for sure. Um, yeah, so rounding out uh, Bottas P15, not a great weekend for Alfa Romeo again, unfortunately. Uh, Piastri P16, not very good in the other William, um, other McLaren, but he didn't have the upgrade, so I think that accounts uh, for a lot of it. And then, yeah, De Vries, Magnussen, Sonoda, Hulkenberg did not finish the race. Um, fantastic result on the Saturday, got his two points in the bag, but um, was not, sorry, um, three points in the bag, wasn't it? Because he finished P6. Um, yeah. And yeah, Piastri had a collision with Bottas. Yeah, that was it. There was a, there's, there's some reasoning for a lot of these drivers towards the back had messy, you know, De Vries got his penalty for pushing Magnussen off, etc., etc. Um, so yeah, that's how things finished after the race at the Austrian Grand Prix. Again, fantastic, fantastic event. Fantastic event. Right. Driver standings. This is where we stand now with all of the well i'm assuming these are right because i took these from the official f1 website so i'm i'm guessing that they updated the points in line with i think i think these are good but whatever we'll see <coughs> max verstappen extends his lead to oh what's the maths on this one so it's 52 from perez to to 200 uh so then that's 70 so 81 81 points um between Verstappen and Perez now, which is more than three faultless weekends for Checo with Max DNF in every single one. And he still wouldn't have caught him. So, you know, Max is in his cruise control now. He can just cruise the rest of the season. Um, it, it's, it's a powerful position for Red Bull to be in right now. Because again, well, I'll briefly reflect on the constructor standings. They've got 
comfortably over double the amount of the points of, of, of Mercedes. Comfortably over double. So, um, yeah, it, it's looking good. Big movers, though. Hulkenberg jumps up um, with the three points he scored uh, into P12, knocks Alex down to P13. Damn you, Nico. Um, Norris, obviously, big jump up in terms of points. Not massive jump up in terms of position. Only gains one. He was 11th before. This is now 10th. Um, 24 points. Only seven behind Esteban Ocon. So, again, if they can get these upgrades bolted on Piastri's car ASAP, um, I, I know that McLaren have got a plan in terms of, you know, more upgrades for, for Silverstone and then more upgrades again for Hungary and then they'll have their full B-spec car. Guess we'll see. Um, Leclerc gets level one points with Russell but goes ahead, I guess, through fin highest finishing position. Um, otherwise, no big move as Perez does extend his gap now to Alonso. Um, Checo needed, needed these points on the board. Um, that is now 17 between Fernando and Checo. Right. Driver stand-ins, Bosch. Constructor stand-ins, like I say, another Bosch. Oh, oh, what, what, what's the mistake I've made on this graphic, chat? Because of course I've made a mistake on a graphic. Of course. Uh, it, it's so subtle, I'm not even going to bother updating though. The the, the numbers are, the, are, are correct. Red Bull 377, Mercedes 178, Aston Martin 175. Um, yes, indeed, I have, I, I, Haas gained position, they move up to P7, uh, with those three points ahead of Alfa Romeo, but I forgot to change the colours. To be fair, the Haas has red in it, and the Alfa Romeo has white in it, so. No, it doesn't this year, does it? It's just black and red. Never mind. <laughs> it happens, right. So yeah, that's where the driver stands sit as of right now. Shall we have a little talk? Wait, what? Oh, sorry. Sorry, I'm, I'm getting confused. I ignore me. Right, so, bangers and clangers time. Bangers and clangers. I did put a poll. Um, it was pinned to the top of this video. It still is pinned, but you can't do the poll anymore because the poll's finished. Um, bangers and clangers for the 2023 Austrian Grand Prix. Again, weekend bangers and clangers so you have to take it all into account but obviously more weight should be put on sunday what they do on sunday um it wouldn't be a chimwell without mistakes and graphics exactly carlos exactly i need to be on brand you know youtube's all about branding and i'm all, i'm just i just need to always be on brand um so <laughs> let's start with uh mine actually yeah let's start with mine my bangers and clangers for the 2023 Austrian Grand Prix are as follows. Lando Norris, banger drive. I don't think there's many disagreeing with that. He won driver of the day um, as well. Obviously, him and Max. Yeah, Max had a... It's almost like banger, but not Max. Because Max just, just just walked it. But, but Lando had more... Ultimately... When you put it on pole, which obviously Max deserves massive credit for, and then taking it away in the race, you know, it was quite comfortable for Max, you know, because he has the pace, because he could just manage and whatever. Um, Lando had a bit more going on and still managed to pull out a P5, which then got elevated to a P4. So, very good. Very good from Lando. Clanger, I've given it to Ocon. Um, he was slower than Gasly all weekend. I think uh, what, he got knocked out in Q2 for Quali, and Gasly got to Q3, 
And yeah, just generally just seemed to be off the pace relative to Pierre um, most of the weekends. Uh, he also complained about the track being, oh, it's a MotoGP track. I'm like, what are you talking about, Esteban? Let me sit there. Um, and then he got like 30 seconds of penalties of after, which to be fair, it's, we'll get into it more, but in, in, in a sentence, it's harsh because if he doesn't, if he's not being told that he's extending track limits, then he's not going to drive more within himself to then stop doing it. He's just going to carry on doing what he was doing. And then he got just dumped loads of penalties right at the end. I think I'm going to sneeze. Oh man. Am I? No, it was almost there. Um, but yeah, I, I just feel like Gasly had the pace on him all weekend. And again, big chunky penalty at the end. Not good. Um, <coughs> banger team Ferrari I've given it to Ferrari because I think you know they were very unlucky with that timing of the uh, VSC because they just couldn't make the pits in time but Charles pace um, in the race and Carlos's pace Carlos was the, the quicker of the two I think this weekend he got more unlucky but actually I think Carlos was super super competitive and Looking at like they were quite comfortably, Ferraris were quite comfortably, I think, in terms of race pace, clear of your Astons, your Mercedes, your Lando in a McLaren as well. Um, the double stack wasn't great, but ultimately, there wasn't much they could do because they just missed the VSC coming out. It still made sense to come in. Carlos said he wanted to stay out, but I don't think in hindsight that would have been the best call. I still think the double stack would have been better. Yes, it was a bit of a slow stop for Leclerc, but ultimately I don't think there was too much Ferrari did wrong in that instance. Um, so I don't know. I, I just I just think that this has been a clear step forward from Ferrari relative to, because again, it wasn't that long ago. We we're talking about them being slower than the Merck and the Aston. And really strong Canada in terms of race pace anyway. Shame about their qualifying. Race pace was really good in, in Canada. And it was it was really good here. So, I mean, well, Ferrari didn't mention a three-stopper, didn't they? On, on Radio De Shell, they were like, what do you think about a three-stopper, Charles? And he was like, no. <laughs> he wasn't having any of it. Um... Marek, thank you for the 200 CCK. Science was yet again told not to attack Leclerc. Looks like Charles is uh, the clear driver number one, despite still uh, sitting behind Carlos in the standings. Is it because they don't want to lose him or is it simply the Vasseur effect? So so my opinion on that, Marek, is that, you know, Red Bull, um, Red Bull with Max was, was clear. Ferrari were under no illusions that there is nothing that they can do. There's nothing that we can do in that moment to um, beat Max Verstappen. We're 2-3. We need to do everything we can to consolidate these positions. Now, ultimately, the VSC coming out, you know, Nico Hulkenberg's car breaking down, that's just, you know, it happens, right? It happened in an unfortunate time. I think, I just think Ferrari were doing what they thought was best to just consolidate. and Because and, a 2-3 for Ferrari right now is big for them. Like in terms of the jump up in points, again, if we look back at the constructor standings now, and actually, if I grab the graphic from the Canadian post week, 
So, so you're seeing right now, so Ferrari 154, so then currently 21 points behind Aston Martin, and they are 24 points behind Mercedes, right? So last week after um, Canada, they were... Wait, what? Oh, yeah, 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 that makes sense. Right, sorry, sorry, sorry. So they're, they're 21 behind Aston Martin now. Last week, they were 32 behind Aston Martin. And they were 45 behind Mercedes. So that swing, that to this, is pretty substantial even 2-1 was a good result true and again if if Hulkenberg doesn't break down who knows you know whether Ferrari are able to because again Carlos had really good pace in hand Schoel did by the end he didn't in that kind of first stint but I th I feel like they were in a good place I feel like they're in a good place so um Aston will finish look I, I think that ultimately you know everyone's upgrading their cars so the order of merit combined with the fact that, you know, Austria has got a very specific set of, you know, long straights, tight hairpin opportunities. You know, it, it's, it's got characteristics that, you know, it's very different to say a Baku or a Monaco or whatever. Right. So I think certain tracks are gonna, I mean, Mercedes had a lot of problems with, um, yeah, I know, I know it's still red. I didn't update it. Um, Mercedes have had, it wasn't it wasn't a good weekend for Mercedes as well either even though Lewis did quite well in in a qualifying and he quite enjoyed the sprint race but um, but there you go anyway right 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 sorry sorry I I I, di I digress Clanger team um, I've given it to Alpha Tauri um, because it just uh, I mean they were just they were not very good. I mean, De Vries was was last in 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 qualifying. Sonoda went out in Q one as well. Um, it was better in the sprint quality, and didn't get any points in the race. Eh. I mean, to be fair, I mean Yuki. I think Yuki was more unlucky than anything in that turn one contact. To be fair, I think it was a good move on the inside of Bottas, but it's a it's a pinch point, and the Alpine. There's no doubt in my mind the Alpine didn't see him, and yeah. It, 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 it's an unfortunate one. He he went full full send, did Yuki, which I I respect. But at the end of the day, yeah, it, it didn't pay off for him. Um, and then he ended up getting a ton of penalties as well. And then De Vries just pushed Magnussen off. Um, again, that's not too much on the team, but it's just uh, Alpha Tauri, awful, awful Tauri. They are the new awful team. I mean, awful Romeo is still awful, but awful Tauri. I think and now are now awful, awful towering. <laughs> so they're mine. As for yours, your bangers and clangers, 917 votes. Sorry, I only had, I didn't have time last night because I was just so tired to put the bangers and clangers out. I did it this morning. Still got 917 votes. So thank you for, for voting. Beta towering. Yeah, it's very good. Um, Banger drive, 70% goes to Lando Norris. 10% Carlos Sainz, 6% Max Verstappen, which is like, it should be more than that. But obviously, when Max is doing such a good job at the front, 
again, he's not going to get the, the plaudits he, he necessarily deserves because it's just so inevitable, you know. Um, De Vries, 5%, interesting. Um, I mean, he's also in Klanger percentage, 9% of the vote he got for Klanger. So there you go, 27% Ocon, though, you agree with me. 24% Hamilton. Um, I actually, to be fair, I, 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 should, have, I should have checked this. Because um, Hamilton was complaining of a, and I'm sure the team mentioned, didn't they, uh, an issue with his brakes. So has that is that been confirmed, chat? Yeah, oh, it's easier for me to just just ask you guys. People slept on Checo. I mean, it's fifteenth to third is is a very good recovery drive from Checo. Uh, Checo's pace wasn't the issue at all this weekend. This is the kind of driving through the field that he should be doing when this kind of thing happens. The thing is, this kind of thing shouldn't be happening in the first place, i.e. him getting all three of his laps deleted, or three out of however many he did. Um, three out of four, wasn't it? He got deleted, because obviously he got out of Q1 um, in qualifying. Should stay in the white lines. Shouldn't have ever been 19, um, 15th. Yeah, and that's the thing, right? If you're, if you're taking into account the whole weekend, yes, it was a very impressive drive to come through the field, but he, it was his fault he was there in the first place. So... You know, it kind of goes both ways. Um, do, 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 do. Max didn't even lead every lap. Oh, I know, right? Wash. Yeah, so, so, just. Do, 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 do. Hampton finished behind his teammate who started sixth position ahead of because he couldn't keep in the lines. Well, he wasn't the only one. But again, Lewis did seem to have some kind of. It was like um, every time he came into the pits as well, wasn't it? Lewis was locking massively um no confirmed issue for hamilton yeah so so he just there might have been an issue there might not um ultimately lewis wasn't happy he was it's funny because he was he sounded quite happy with the car after the sprint shootout on, on saturday he was saying it is like driving around rye house um his, his his local karting track when he was a kid but um but i don't know maybe there was an issue maybe there wasn't maybe he was just having a bit of an off day um but yeah, he was properly struggling on track limits. He got his penalty, what, 12 laps in or something, wasn't it? Um, he got his penalty and then, to be fair, he kept it clean for the rest. But um, yeah, that after the fact, he was given a penalty, so so not good. Um, sorry, I digress. So yeah, twenty for Klanger Drive, 27% Ocon, 24% Hamilton, 16% Sonoda. And again, yeah, Sonoda kind of had his, had his tangles and he also got, you know, he got slapped with some penalties at the end as well. Um, which is not good. And then De Vries is down there as well. He did firmly like, push Magnussen right off the track, which we didn't actually see too much of that, did we? Um, which I was quite impressed about. Um, turn four was a pinch point. I know I know this well um, from, from 2020. I know this very well. And even like last year, uh, year before last as well, there's always seemed to be instances of, of drivers getting pushed off at turn four, but we didn't really see that. It was actually at turn like five, I guess they called it turn five. Um, the left-hander where De Vries just, Magnussen was fully alongside and De Vries just was like, bye, stop. I will not stop crying about Albon 2020, ever, all right? And the more you tell me to stop, the more I'll carry on, all right? That's how it's going to be. <laughs> Was it six? There you go. There you go. Okay. It was, so what even is turn five? It's not even a turn. It's just like, it's like, what's turn two? It's just, it's just goes, it's not a turn. It's a, 
it's a curve. There you go, curve. It's curve two. Um, whatever. Do you still cry about Brazil? Uh, not so much about Brazil 2019 because Alex did leave the door wide open. But 2020, Austria. That I'll never, I'll never, I'll never get over that. Um, a slight crease. There you go. Bent straight. I like that. I think a slight crease works, Lewis. That, that's a good shout. Um, banger team, McLaren. You've given it to McLaren 36% of the vote. Obviously, yes. Um, as much as it was not a good day for Oscar Piastri, and he had, you know, he, he was very unlucky losing, um, getting damaged to his front wing, wasn't he? Um, Oscar actually had a really good sprint. I retweeted it. Oscar made some, he made a quality dive bomb on Alex at turn four. Alex didn't see him coming. Alex just kind of turned in thinking like, it was and, and Oscar was there. Um, and that was with Charles trying to get past Oscar as well. Um, and he made a couple of, yeah, proper decent lunges, did Oscar. It didn't go so well for him in the race. Um, but again, he doesn't have the upgrades. And judging off the pace differential between the two of them so far this season, I believe I believe these upgrades have added about half a second around around Austria as well, which is not a long track. So half a second is a lot of time. Um, judging off the, again, it's impossible to say for sure, but it seems to be like Lando had about half a second um, on top of the, gap he already has to Oscar so yes banger team McLaren I can endorse that take because the upgrades yeah did seem to make a positive difference 32% Red Bull fair of course Max in that Red Bull unreal 29% Ferrari again credit where it's due and 2% Williams uh, Albon P11 Sergeant P13 well done Logan Sergeant I was hoping Sergeant might get a little mention in banger drive he didn't De Vries did for some reason but Logan Sargent, well done. He 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 felt quite happy after the race P13. Um, again, qualifying is a bit of an issue now for him. He needs to get that ultimate confidence to be able to extract those lap times more consistently because he has, on occasion, he has done it. He has extracted really good lap time. Um, he just needs to get a bit more confidence in that car so that he can do it, you know, more consistently. And he's got the upgrades now, Hamza. Yes, that is a good point. That is a very good point. I had forgotten about that. Yes, now now Logan has the upgrades that Alex had. So, yes. Well done, Logan. Um, Clanger team, you've given it to Mercedes. Yeah, it's... This track just obviously just doesn't seem to work for their their package. I mean, him and... Um, Lewis and George were both... Yeah, just not really... Like, when Lando was putting pressure on um, Charles, again, like... I'm just thinking of, of the sprint where, where I was kind of sat at turn three. Because it, it's really interesting at turn three how, you know, the Ferraris were taking a really tight line. Lando and Fernando were always taking a wider line around turn three. Um, and I remember in, in, in the sprint shootout, you had the two Mercedes behind, but they weren't really putting much of a challenge in. Um, they weren't really getting the opportunity that Lando was, was proper hurrying um, Leclerc along. But yeah, just didn't seem to work for their for their car, for their philosophy, um, did Austria. But we'll see. Silverstone's a very different challenge. So um, maybe maybe it'll be something else. 24% um, AlphaTauri. Awful Tauri. 20% um, Haas. I mean, the thing is, Hulkenberg got P6. And that, ha that Haas was like, in qualifying, he was six tenths off of Max in, uh, in Q3, I believe, Hulkenberg. Six tenths. 
It's, like, it's, it's not loads. One lap pace is so different to race pace. Like, that's just... We saw that more than ever, right? If, if this was a one lap qualifying championship, um, it would be still max leading, don't get me wrong, but the closeness would be much better. Actually, I'm pretty sure um, Peter Brook had a little... Actually, let me, let me see if I can just find it in the back end while I'm talking. Because um, Pete was putting together a little qualifying championship, um, which is interesting. Um, and then Alfa Romeo, 10%. Again, all, all for Romeo having another... Ooh, bit of a bit of a stinky one. I did see uh, Bottas, he rode past me on his bike and I was like, oh, without Ray, and he gave me a little, just a very finished, like, mm, on them. So that was fun. Um, I'm just trying to see if I can find Pete's uh, qualifying championship Twitter thread. There we go, I found it. Um, is he? Is he, this is update. This is this is before Austria. Um, we'll look at that in a bit. But I've I've got it ready on the back end, ready and prepared. Um, I also want to compare our predictions that we we did on Thursday to to the reality because I think I've done quite well here. So your predictions were Max win, got that correct. Lando banger drive, you got that correct. Checo clanger. Very wrong. Checo's... I mean, you got the... I guess... Mm, it's clanger. Obviously, qualifying was a clanger. Um, but the recovery was, was good. So... It, there were worse drives out there, for sure. Banger Team Mercedes, you got that completely wrong. And Clanger Team Alpha Tauri. Yeah, fair enough. Um... My predictions going into this weekend were Verstappen win, correct. Norris banger, correct. De Vries clanger. I mean, it wasn't a good race. Again, he, he got a, a, a penalty for pushing someone off, which I don't think we saw anyone else get a penalty for that. It wasn't great either, so I'll maybe take half a point for that. Banger team McLaren, correct. Clanger team Alfa Romeo, correct. I mean, not correct. They, they were one of the worst teams, for sure. I, I did pretty well. I did pretty. I, I, I think I pretty much nailed that. You know what I mean, I'm taking. I'm taking. I'm taking the dub. But um. But there we go. There, there, there's your bangers and clangers. That's what you. You can have some bangers and clangers. Um. Right. Okay. Oh, actually. Um. Before we move on, I will actually show Pete's uh, little uh, Twitter thread. At, follow uh, at Brook underscore F one if you want some lovely insight. Pete's got a fantastic YouTube channel. Um, 2023 qualifying championship. This was before, um, before this weekend because he posted this on June 30th. So he posted this, um, yeah, on, on Friday. So Verstappen ahead of science and then Alonso Leclerc only split by three points. Then three, then Checo P5, um, Lewis George Lando, Esteban Lance. Pierre Hulkenberg, 28 points, Hulkenberg, Magnussen, 12, Sonoda, 6, Albon, 6, Piastri, 6, Bottas, 1, and then Joe DeVries and Sargent, Nilpois. It's interesting. Very interesting. It's Joe, so Joe's, yeah, Joe's not got to Q3 yet, as he, Bottas has, but Joe hasn't, so, um, yeah. Go follow Pete. Pete's, uh, 
Pete, Pete's good guy. Right, okay, cool. Teams, um, let's start with, let's start with Williams and then work our way um, back up to Red Bull, shall we? I think that's a good shot. Thank you, Savo, for the 500 RIC, by the way. Hope you had a nice weekend. Which race is next for you? Stop crying about. Um, my next race is uh, Silverstone. I am going on Friday and Saturday. I'm doing another Friday, Saturday job um, at Silverstone. So that's going to be fun. Looking forward to that. Um, now show us your F1 fantasy. You know what, Max? I'm not showing F1 fantasy because I forgot again. And so I just, I, I, I'm, I either need to get actually into the habit of doing it or I'm just going to cut it because it's just, I'm, I'm obviously just not invested enough. So maybe maybe after silverstone maybe maybe next um stream i'll bring back fantasy but we're not we're not we're not we're not doing fantasy this week i'm sorry i apologize um oh actually you know what no 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 right we're gonna go back we're gonna go back to main screen no intro um let's briefly talk about this track limit situation right because it is a bit farcical so to clarify what happened, you were getting penalties left, right and centre, mainly turn 9, turn, turn 10, people going wide, um, people going over the white line. And look, in premise, right, I have no issue with the FIA F1 enforcing a hard limit white line. If you go over the white line fully with all four tyres, fully over, goal line technology like we get in football, like you have in tennis, where you've got the Hawkeye, right? It's 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 a black and white rule. It's an in and out rule. If you go over, naughty, don't do it again. Three three strikes, three three naughties, then you get a black and white flag. If you do a fourth naughty, then five second penalty. I've got no issue with that. I'm like these drivers crying about, oh, it's not fair. Oh, I think it's silly that no. Drive within the white lines, go a bit slower, skill issue. Like, there's so, again, there were some drivers who didn't even do it once. And there were others like Yuki and, and Esteban and Pierre as well. Pierre did loads. Who just got bloody tons, right? So I've got no issue with that. However, if you're going to take that stance, if you're going to take that stance, right? Which again, I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with that stance then you have to have the facilities in place to enforce it accurately. And they, they didn't. They were, they were overwhelmed by the amount of transgressions, essentially, and they couldn't keep up. That, how do you not just have an automated system? Like, these things exist. I'm pretty certain they have it at Brands Hatch, where it's like, you know, they have a system in place where there's some, there's some kind of system that... Where the white line is, there is some kind of sensor that, that can determine. This technology exists. F1 is arguably the richest sport in the world. It, it's certainly up there. Maybe not up with, you know, um, with like American football and NBA and all that. Because America is a different breed, right? You, you Americans and your sport is like, there's mad money in that, right? But F1, in terms of glo a global sport, it's, it's the most expensive in the world. There's no way that like, they could not 
if they wanted to invest in the technology to enforce that. And, you know, Red Bull Ring's owned by Red Bull. They, if you're going to take that stance, make sure you can enforce it properly. And it's not manual reviews and going over and finding out the actual result of a race, like, what, three, four hours after the finish? Like, come on, man. Like, that's silly. Like, Aston Martin appealed it. The FIA and, and F1 said they were already looking at it. It it doesn't look good that a team it's taken a team enforcing now maybe it didn't maybe maybe they were they were already looking into it but the fact that Aston Martin felt the need to lodge an appeal and obviously it worked for Fernando he gained a position so it's an extra um, two points for, for for Aston Martin but like again if if you're going to have that hard fast rule then cool and and I'm fine I'm fine with loads of penalties being given out like, I I've not got an issue with that. Like, like, there's an argument for changing the track, and I think there's a fair and valid argument for that as well, right? But fundamentally, I don't have an issue with the track as it is, and just, just drive with more within yourself. And you, you, you know, if you don't get these transgressions, you will benefit from it. And then maybe, maybe you've kept it super clean the whole race, and then on the last lap, you know, you someone in front of you is like five point two ahead, and they've got a penalty. You can then take liberties, take the piss a bit with the with the limits, get a couple of warnings, but you've you've banked them. You can be a bit strategic strategic about it, and maybe you make up that time, and then maybe you finish ahead of them. You know, but I do also think, and I'll I'll, I'll put a I'll put a little poll actually. So, what would you choose? So, change track. Um, change so would you sorry so keep track as is um, accurate penalties um, accurate 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 pens so would you keep the track as it is completely as it is but have a system that completely accurately defines whether you've kind of whatever, or change track, change the track, or yeah, or, or change the track, right, they're, they're your two options, I want to understand, right, because obviously you can change the track, the thing is, if you add gravel, if you add grass, if you add AstroTurf, then it does affect bike racing, there's a lot of bike racing at the Red Bull Ring, um, if you have permanent changes to turn 9, turn 10, gravel for example, um, the danger of motorbike racing around the Red Bull Ring, which is you know prevalent. There's a lot of bike racing around there. Again, like Esteban literally called it a MotoGP track. Um, that is is a valid, you know, it's a valid thing. I do again think the richest motorsport in the world. You know, for you're not getting bike racing on the same weekend as the F1. So surely there is a removable solution. A removable solution that can be implemented for the F1 and then removed for the for the, for, for when the motorbikes come to town, right? Whether it's a, a patch of astroturf that you know, if you dip a wheel on the astroturf, you're not going because the whole the whole reason it needs to be enforced at turn nine ten is if you go wide, you do genuinely gain an advantage because you open up the corner a bit more. Well, you carry more speed through nine, 
So that gives you an advantage if you go wide out of nine. But also with 10, you open it up more by being off track and then you carry more speed through 10. So if you put AstroTurf there, it takes away the benefit to gain. So then you don't have to necessarily, like the it will enforce itself because when the drivers do go wide, they'll get punished for it by, you know, potentially spinning off, you know? So that you can't tell me, like, I, I appreciate the, the bike argument. I think it's important that a track, you know, if you, if you change one thing, if you change a sporting thing for the F1, but then it actually creates a safety hazard for, you know, bike racing, then that's not the solution, right? Safety has to come as a priority in this instance, yeah? I get that. But surely there's a temporary solution of some kind. Surely. Surely. I mean, I saw... Um, I'll actually get... Uh, I think it's Kroonch... Because Kroonch Andox talked about this quite a lot. And I'm going to get his... Um, yeah, he, he, he's, he's got a little tweet. Let me, let me, let me share, share Kroonch's tweet. And actually, let's have a quick look at the poll actually before we do that. Um, 69% of you, nice. Um, I've said keep track as is and have accurate penalties versus 31% of you think there should be changes to the track. Yeah, you know what, like for me, I almost find that part of having this really difficult, because, you know, it's a bit off, I think it's a bit off camber because you're kind of going downhill on that part of the track. Um, having this really challenging part of the track where the white line is really hard to keep within track limits. That's something that's, that's something that makes this track unique somewhat, right? Yes, obviously, if there was a wall there, you know, Monaco has walls, so you can't extend and you get punished, right? And that's part of what makes Monaco unique. But this is almost part of what makes the Red Bull ring unique is that, yeah, there is the potential for loads of penalties if you can't keep within the lines. And it's, it's part of the challenge and it's part of what makes this event different I guess to a lot of the other ones because on a lot of other tracks you do have grass and you do have gravel which does enforce the track limit because no one's going to willingly go there if you make a mistake you might go there you know one's going to willingly go there and just having that and having it right at the end of the lap as well I actually I actually well the more I think about it the more I'm, I'm like I actually kind of really like it as a thing I like it as a um yeah, again, like Wall of Champions at the end of uh, uh, the Canadian Grand Prix lap. You know, having it right at the end, you've pushed all lap, and then it's this final little chicane where if you de if you just go a little bit too wide, you're going to hit a wall. Like it really, it punishes you so much more than having something like that at the start of the lap. Because if it's at the start of that, particularly in qualifying, um, you're just like, oh. Uh, uh. I'll, I'll bottled it, bottled it. It's at the start of that, bottled it. Oh, I'll just slow down and then go again. Whereas again, it's right at the end of the lap. So that's the, anyone who's, you know, amount of hours I used to pour into Forza Motorsport and it was always the corner at the end that I was like, oh, now I'm on a good lap. So, and this corner's a really difficult one. It's like the um, death chicane on Gran, on Gran Turismo. Shout out, Steve. But yeah, 69% of you think that keep the track as is and have an accurate penalty system. And yeah, I, th I think I'm inclined to agree. I think of the two, rather than having a, a removable temporary solution, I think, yeah, keep it as is and 
make sure there is an accurate system in place because that system exists. Put it in F1. It's not so much of an issue at other tracks, but just put it at the Red Bull ring on these certain corners that are obviously a nightmare. Do it. <coughs> Do it. Um, oh, thank you. Definitely not the FIA, by the way, for the 499. Thoughts on the F2 races? For me, the title was Vestes unless Porsche can start winning out of nowhere. Um, yeah, look, Vestes' consistency is super impressive. I don't think Porsche's got it, you know. I, I think he's got he's got a speed, he's got ability, but the consistency is just... I think over the course of a whole year, I don't think Porsche Porsche has got it. I, I've, I was saying la- last week. I think you know, I don't think Vest is going to win the most races necessarily, but I think Vest's consistency is going to is going to keep him strong. I actually saw um, I literally I only saw two drivers. I saw Bottas and I saw Fred on Saturday because at the end I was where the exit is at, at Austria. I was chatting to a couple of lads, and actually one of them is a big. Um, Vesti fan, he's Danish, and he was like, "Oh, Vesti's coming. Would you mind?" And so I took the picture of him with Fred Vesti. So that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I, I think that obviously you know you know our proper Wasser and Wasser had a great great result. Um, you know, do I trust Dams? I mean, Dams had a bit of a shocker this weekend, didn't they? So. I don't know. I, I feel like Vesti, if I had to put money on it now, I would not just because he's leading the championship. I mean, he's leading the championship for a reason, I suppose, you know. Um, I think, you know, Awasa, Behrman, um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of drivers. Martin, his pace was fantastic, but once again, you know, he just can't convert the points. It, it's, it's tough, man. Like, Martin's season is not going to reflect the pace that he's had. But it's... Um, Tough. Drogovic not in the race seat is criminal. Yeah, I mean, I think there's only 20 seats in F1. We need more teams. That's what we need. Um, but yeah, so the whole track limit debacle anyway was a bit of a mare. Um, this is Kroon Chandok's Twitter. Back in 2013, I proposed to the FIA a natural deterrent grass slash gravel on the edge of the kerb for five me- for five metres with how much ever tarmac beyond that. Oh, okay. So, so okay. It's like a strip, like a five-meter strip. Um, I still believe that here's a good solution. Tracks will challenge maintaining this edge, but nobody will gain an advantage. Um, yeah, I mean, again, this, the whole, this comes down to, you know, how does it affect other forms of motorsport? It's not just F1 that races around the Red Bull ring. Obviously, that is the big earner. That is the big payday for a circuit like the Red Bull ring. And obviously, you know, Red Bull have their own team as well as their own track. So it, you know, there, there, there's there's merit in prioritizing F1, but when it comes to be, if it was, a, if it created like a sporting issue for bike racing, then, you know, to be I mean, I, I could understand them making a change and prioritizing F1, but when it creates a safety issue for bike racing, that's when I think it's, it's, uh, it's tricky. Um, also, shout out Dan. Um, Dan Dan was keeping me nicely up to date on all, on all, uh, all goings on. This is the little document um, of who got what in terms of penalties after the race. So Carlos Sainz, 10 seconds. Lewis, 10. Pierre, 10. Alex, 10. Esteban got 5, then 10, then 5, then 10. Because he basically just didn't get any during the race. 
Like during the race, they just didn't give him any penalties. That's what it feels like anyway. And then DeVries got a 10 and a 5. And then Yuki got another 5. Yuki already had loads. And then he got another 5 on top of it. Um, but this was interesting, actually. This is part of the reason why I got Dan's tweet up. So said they had to invent a new system. And when you read the uh, documentation, let me just, uh, let's just adjust this to fit properly. There we go. Um, penalties have been applied as follows. For four infringements, a five-second time penalty. For five infringements, a 10-second time penalty. Then a reset has been allowed due to the excessive number of infringements. The count of infringement restarts. After another four infringements, a five-second time penalty will apply after five, a 10-second time penalty. So they literally just made up a new rule, like on the fly, um, which, I mean, again, how were you not prepared for this? Because, right, and there's a reason I say how how were you not prepared for this? Let me find it, let, let me find it, because I did see, I should have, I should have bloody, um, I, I should have bloody saved it, but there was an article, I think it was from Autosport, let's see if I can find it. Um, basically saying that even before this race happened, <coughs> here we go, right, I've got it. <coughs> it's cough, man, this cough's killing me. Um, right, let me go back to, to main screen just so it looks a bit smarter where I get this tweet prepared. Um, so this is from Autosport, and... It says, F1 had advised the Red Bull Ring to install gravel traps to the final corners ahead of this year's Austrian Grand Prix to help avoid the track limits saga. So, you know, there was already an awareness that this was going to be an issue before the race, yet nothing was done. Um, shame. Shame. Uh, if, if you know you've not got the facility to enforce it, then you can't possibly enforce it like in such a harsh way, you know, because then it's not fair. And then you get this situation where it's all been um, being messed about after the, after the fact. So and the Red Bull ring didn't do it. Well, that's, that's the thing. It, it's, you know, then it becomes a whole, you know, you've got Rebel Ring, you've got F1, and you've got the FIA, and it's kind of like, you can make suggestions, but ultimately, is it down to the track? But then, you know, it's not enough of an issue for F1 to threaten to, like, boy, like cancel the race because you've not installed these gravel traps. It's not enough uh, to... Yeah, it becomes difficult, doesn't it? Um, what about the F3? Yeah, to be fair, I actually... Um, I, I saw more of the F3... Um, this weekend than I did the F2 in terms of when I was there on Friday, Saturday. Um, yeah, I mean, Bortoletto is just looking, looking, looking crazy consistent. Um, shame that Sophia Flourish got her, her points. She got P10, didn't she? Um, first woman to get points in, uh, in, in F3. And she got it taken away because uh, there was an issue with the car. So that was a shame. F3 cars. I'll tell you what, was it P9? Nice, yeah, shame. F3 cars are so much louder than the F2 and the F1. And you don't get you don't get that on the screen. But when you're there, they are so much louder. 
so much louder. I mean, the F2 cars are like, they barely make any sound apart from the gear changes. F2 cars sound weird. I'm not going to lie. They sound very, very odd. Um, F1, F1's like the balance. I, F3 cars, they sound all right. They're so loud. And it's not like the nicest engine note. I do think of the three categories, F3, F2, F1, I think the F1 cars sound the best. The combination of the the the, the volume and the, you know, there's nice, there's nice music. If you, if you want to, I don't know, like, if you want to hear Skrillex at, you know, 100 volume versus Sam Smith at 100 volume, then, you know, they're going to be different. Still no V10, of course, David. But, again, v, that V10 was beautiful sound and really loud. That had both. Um, F1 doesn't have the volume and the sounds, oh, it's all right. I don't mind the, it's nice because obviously the engines sound different as well because you've got multiple different engine um, manufacturers. So that's quite cool. Um, but, yeah. Anyway. Messy. Messy. But what can I say? That, that's F1 sometimes, isn't it? Right, let's quickly wrap through all the teams and then we'll knock this on the head because we've been going for an hour 10. So thank you all for listening. Actually, if you've got to this point, if you're watching this after the facts on YouTube or you're watching this now live, and if you can comment underneath, which I believe you can, please comment the word. Oh, what should be the word? The word should be, because I'm not wearing my watch. I usually wear my watch, but I've got my, my old Casio, C-A-S-I-O, that I need to get a new battery for because the battery's dead on it. But my old G-Shock, um, big chonky, chonky boy, chonky G-Shock. Casio, put Casio in the comments below to show me you got to this this point. Um, there we go, lovely jubbly. Right, okay, Williams. Um, again, good step from Logan. Really good step from Logan. Uh, great job from Alex in qualifying as well. Um, ultimately, no points on the board, which is a bit of a shame, but. At the end of the day, Williams looked in the midfield. They looked clear of, of the Alphas, and both of the Alphas, Alpha Tauri and Romeo. <coughs> it's a god, Terracasio. And um, that was terrible. Sorry, Nico. And yeah, it, it's a good step forward for Williams. So happy, happy with Alex, happy with Logan. Good to see a good result from Logan pushing forward. Lovely jubbly, good straight line speed. Love to see it. Um, Casio, yeah, they did. And then they had Casio Edifice, didn't they? Sponsoring um, sponsoring Alpha Tauri slash Toro Rosso. Um, right, cool, 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 cool. Next, Alpha Awful Tauri. So once again, De Vries does not massively impress. It wasn't his worst performance. It certainly wasn't one to, to write home about either. I think that Nick is on uh, unstable ground right now. Obviously, there's been a, quite a lot of open discussion now since Helmut let the cat out of the bag um, that he's not, you know, he thinks De Vries now, he agrees with Christian that it's a bit of a mistake, which was mad, mad words to just put out there. Um, Franz Tost has talked openly about, you know, that if he's replaced, uh, specifically, when asked about Ricardo, you know, Ricardo will only take that seat if they believe one of the rookies 
you know, one of the juniors, whether that's Lawson, whether that's Owasa or Hauga or whoever, if one of them isn't deemed ready, then Ricardo could well get that opportunity and could well get that opportunity mid-season. And I think that's the move Ricardo should be pushing for. Um, French toast, there you go, exactly. Um, and Tom, loved came in. I didn't see Kevin Magnussen's comments about De Vries, to be fair, David. Can you can you uh, recollect them, please? Because I'm, I mean, I'm, sh I'm not surprised Kevin had something to say about Nick because Nick did fully push him off, and it was the easiest five second penalty I've ever seen in my life. Um, but yeah, so it's not good, looking good for Nick, especially with Alex Polo. I'm not being funny. Red Bull should be breaking the bank to get Alex Polo into in, in, into a seat because he's he won again. He's in one four in the row in, in a row now in IndyCar, the most competitive spec series in the world. Like. Phenomenal. K-Meg said De Vries pushed me off again during it. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I think that, you know, De Vries, De Vries has, like, even if he has, like, for him to save that seat, he needs in these next three races to be clear of Sonoda. Like, he needs to show... He needs to show that he's not just as good as Yuki. He needs to show that he's better. Like, because you can't forget how this season started. Even if he has a good few races, like, it's it's really not looking good. It's really not looking good for him. Um, yeah, maybe it is my obsession with drivers named Alex. Maybe, maybe. Um, but yeah, Yuki, Yuki, bit of a stinker, ultimately, with all the penalties. Um yeah, I mean, he catches catch that damage on, on lap one, which I didn't think he was massively at fault for. It was just unfortunate. Um, and then obviously goes wide. He's, he's got damage to his front wing, so no wonder he, he when he slams on the brakes, uh, he doesn't quite get the braking performance because the front wing does do a job at generating that downforce to... Um, oh, I've just moved the table down. Um, to, to to help the, the brakes, right? So, and stop the fronts from locking up, right? So... Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's it's a tricky one. It's a tricky one. Not a great weekend for either or at the end of the day. Thank you, not FIA again. Much appreciated. Uh, Imo, that seat shouldn't be Rick's in the slightest. Shouldn't be near it. It would prove that the entire existence of the Rebel Junior program does not work. Yeah, obviously, Ricardo's got his um, test, tyre test, isn't he, uh, after Silverstone, um, where they're for sure going to be evaluating his numbers um, in that Red Bull, comparing them to Checo's to see, to get a judgment as to where Ricardo would be in that car. And I think, I think if, you know what I think, right? I think if Daniel does a job at that test well enough to showcase that he has potentially more performance than Checo, if, if, and they look at the data and they'll have the data and they, they, they'll look at it and be like, oh, imagine, right, where you got Max and where you got Checo, right, in terms of just general pace, right, we're saying it's about three tenths, maybe four, like, probably more closer to three tenths on average like, over a typical track. Say Ricardo's pace is coming in like a tenth and a half, two tenths. Say he's coming in in the middle. I think Red Bull would look at that and be like, okay. Like, Daniel could be really good. His pace is looking really good. Let's put him in the Alpha Tower for the second half of the year. Let's stick him in that seat. 
we would learn more about Daniel and whether he could be a better option alongside Max, because I still think they're considering it. They could also learn more about Yuki, because Yuki's not really like, against DeVries, it's hard to get a measure of Yuki, but against Ricardo, especially if they think like, oh, Ricardo's at least as good as Checo. And again, if they come to this conclusion, they've looked at the data and think that Ricardo could actually be a bit quicker than Checo. Then they can be like, okay, where's Yuki going to stand up relative to Ricardo? Because then if Yuki beats Ricardo for the rest of the year than AlphaTauri, they might be like, wow, okay, we've got something serious on our hands here. He's like, we think Ricardo's within a couple of attempts at Max and and Yuki's beating him then. Or Yuki gets, you know, beaten by Ricardo or they're about the same. You 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 learn a bit more because you've got more of a known entity. I know obviously Daniel hurt his stock at McLaren. But at Red Bull, he was fantastic. At Renault, he was fantastic. And he's back at Red Bull in a team that know how to get the best out of him, in a car with characteristics that clearly work for him. So I think that makes... In contrast, I think if this tyre test happens and Ricardo's pace looks off, then I think they probably they probably go Lawson. Um, that makes sense. I think if they did put Ricardo in that seat, they'd only put him in it to the end of the year. And then they either replace Checo with him or they just then put Lawson in for 2024. Because again, if Daniel's performance is... Yeah, if, if Ricardo jumps into an AlphaTauri for the rest of the season and smashes it and looks really strong, it does give Red Bull a decision to make at the end of the year. What can I say? That was a different era. Yeah, but... Charmander, I wouldn't say... I mean, 2018, a lot of the cars carry over, like, over different generations of car. Like, the, McLa- the, the the issues Daniel was having at McLaren in the 22 McLaren and the 21 McLaren were the same as the braking. Uh, and that's... Yes, ch- cars change generation, but it's the team understanding. You know, Daniel's 2020 season at Renault was arguably... For me, that was his best season ever in F1. And... His 21 season in the same generation of car was, again, apart from the win and the odd decent performance, was pretty poor. And then 2022, it was all those pretty poor performances were still there and the highs weren't there anywhere near as much because that McLaren wasn't as as competitive. So there's a lot of way it goes. I, I think a lot of it hinges on that test. That's all, that's all I'll say. Anyway, so I'm taking far too long. Um, Alfa Romeo, Alfa Romeo still. Um, Joe P12 kept it clean. Bottas, they, they put him on the uh, slicks, didn't they, at the start of the, the sprint race. And it was worth a gamble, worth a try. It didn't work out. He was towards the back anyway. So it's not the end of the world. Um, but yeah, not much more to say really on that. Did, uh, did Bottas, because he had his front wing... I'll keep accidentally adjusting this table. Um, did... Bottas have his front wing because he had his front wing end plate hanging, didn't he? But did he get meatballed for that? I don't actually know if he did or did it fall off. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But oh yeah, because also we haven't seen this, this so far this season. We haven't seen any junior rookie do the mandatory FP1, have we? He did not. Hmm. So should Bottas have been meatballed? I don't know. 
That, that that seems a bit weird if 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 he wasn't because they've set a precedent surely. I mean they're 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 far too busy looking at track limits to give uh, Bottas a, a meatball flag for uh, front wing damage. But regardless, um, another stinker for Afro Man. What can I say? Um, oh, he did pit for the damage. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Haas. It said beforehand, it was like Haas always turn up for, for Austria. And in qualifying with Hulkenberg, they did. Magnussen got into Q3 as well in uh, the sprint quality. They both got to Q3 in the sprint quality. But the car has no race pace and Hulkenberg's engine went pop. So not much, much more to say on Haas, but Nico Hulkenberg once again proving why he firmly deserves to be in Formula 1. Never in doubt. Up the Nico. McLaren again upgrades come in um, it's good it's looking good and again more upgrades to come Silverstone and Hungary as well um, I think Andrea Stella it was like 50% of the upgrade of the full B-spec upgrade came in Austria and then there's another 25% in Britain and then another 25% in Hungary so this is going to be important. This is important. This is important for McLaren to show Lando that they can be the team to give him the car. And I mean, Mika Hakkinen's been moving mad in the quotes. He's been like, oh, I think by the end of the season, we'll be fighting Red Bull, which I'm like, whoa. I mean, I hope he's right. That'd be sick. But there's maybe measure expectations a little bit. Um, he's just, they're gassing him up. But yeah, we'll see. I mean, I think Piastri's shown that he can be close to Lando and that's really good news for, for McLaren. Um, he said by Silverstone. No, he didn't. Surely not. That would be... Um, that would be mad. I mean, look, he never retired, so maybe he thinks he's the missing piece. Um, <laughs> but yeah, looking good for McLaren. It's looking good. It's looking good. Uh, Alpine, a bit of a stinker, wasn't it? Um, not great. Esteban Ocon's helmet really stands out when you're watching in the stands, by the way. It's bright red Spider-Man-esque. So Spider-Man slash Schumacher helmet design that he has. He just loves Spider-Man, doesn't he? Um, Alpine, just eh, just another difficult weekend. Gas Gasly looked pretty good, to be fair. Um, it's, it's good seeing Gasly get one over on Esteban. I think he, he was the stronger driver all weekend, in my opinion. Um, oh, yeah, Esteban. Yeah, and obviously penalties for days. It's harsh on Esteban, though, because, again, if, you, if you're if you not being told at the time, you're extending track limits, stop it, like loads of other drivers were, like Mercedes were telling Lewis, like McLaren. Will, Will, remember that Will Joseph was like, I know you're going to hate me, but stop extending on 9 and 10. <laughs> but, you know, you, you have to, and it ended up paying dividends for Lando, so... Big up, Will. Um, Alpine, on the other hand, were not communicating that to Esteban because I guess the FI weren't communica communicating that to Alpine that he was extending. So, yeah, this is a bit, bit, bit unfortunate for, for, for Ocon. Um, Ferrari, very good. Again, well done, Carlos. This is what I want to see more of this. I want to see him closer to Charles more often. And again, in race pace-wise, he did seem to have the advantage. Um, he was all over Charles at the start. And it would have been interesting to see if they had reverse positions. Um, I mean... Carlos was like, at one stage he was like, oh, I want to have a guy at Max. And I was like, you're not getting anywhere near, near Max, mate. Let's not, let's not play around here, Carlos. Um, but 
they they did look very very close in 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 race pace so up the vamos and well done Charles p2 very good very uh, measured drive at the end of the day so science could have challenged max i don't i don't agree I don't agree. I, I think Carlos was was good, but I don't think he would have he would have uh, he would have challenged Max. No shot. Um, science gained on Leclerc after the Spanish upgrade. Let's take note of that. Yeah, there, there does seem to be a bit of a theory going around that the upgrades are moving the car more towards Carlos's lacking, but actually not benefiting performance. I think that's a stretch. I mean, look, both cars, you know, Charles got P2. Like, both cars looked, yeah, it would have been a Checo P2, of course, if he hadn't have had the stinky qualifying. But I don't know, man. I, I, I think that's a stretch. I think that's, I think just Carlos had a good, did a, did a really good job. As did, did Charles. Both did a really good job. But I think Carlos really, Carlos's performance really stood out to me. Um, I think, I, I think Charles is, Charles is the real deal for sure. Charles is the real deal. And I think Charles got the higher ceiling than Carlos. But I do think that Carlos is, you know, on on his day, Carlos is right up there with Charles for sure. Um, absolutely. I just I just think sometimes I do think yeah maybe oh they're prioritized, but I, I think in this instance they're just trying to consolidate a really good position. Um, Mercedes unfortunately weren't quite so fortunate. Sting car Lewis was very unhappy. Um, it was the uh oh Steve posted it, didn't he? What was it that Lewis said on the radio? Cause when he posted it, I thought it was like uh <laughs> I thought it was uh I thought it was a lie, but but apparently this is <laughs> this is what he said on the team radio. I, I obviously missed this. Um oh I just realised my my audio's been set quite low this whole stream. I'll keep it I'll keep it as is. Keep it as is. I'll change it. Um, what's it? Screen screen share. <laughs> Guys, this. Wait, hang on. Guys, this man. I want to go home. <laughs> oh dear, Lewis. He does. He wears his heart on his sleeve. Does Lewis? And well, did did he say that? Because because everyone in the comments says he actually did. Yeah, he did. Did he, or is it fake? Is it is it fake? Have I have I fell for it? Is it fake? Because I'm not sure. It looks legit. To be fair, if this is a Photoshop, it's a really good Photoshop. Because half half people are saying it's it's legit. If it's fake, that's a really good Photoshop. Uh, oh yeah true they'd be censored wouldn't they oh for god's sake i'm i'm so stupid yeah it it would it would be it would be um it would be starred out now that that is that is a really good photoshop though they've got like the the dodgy um they've got the the bad kind of quality down to a t that they've done well with that all right so 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 he didn't actually say that i got i got baited okay uh, you know you you, you got, sometimes you just got to take the l all right. Sometimes you've got to take the L. Lewis didn't say, guys, this man, I want to go home. He didn't say that, but he was also very, um, <laughs> I mean, he wasn't far off saying this, was he? 
he he wasn't far off. Um, he was fuming. He was not a happy boy. Uh, was 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 old Lewis? Bless him. Um, <laughs> the car was bad. Please drive. Oh, never mind. I mean, I think they'll be better in Silverstone. I think I think that suits Mercedes' characteristics a bit more. It, it's again low speed, high traction zones. Um, out of three and four, you get punished if you don't have that, and that isn't Mercedes' strong suit. So, yeah, exactly. That's what he actually thought. That's what that's what was actually going through his mind. Uh, Aston Martin as well. Look, they've not fallen off. Of course they haven't. I think I think Ferrari's upgrades have clearly improved their car. I think Mercedes' upgrades have clearly improved their car. I think Aston Martin. I'm not sure. Has there been any word? I haven't heard any word chat of uh, big upgrades um, lined up for Aston. Um, they do obviously need to move that development of the car forward. You know, Fernando podium every race is now not looking like a thing um, with this current spec car anyway. So, you know, more is needed. Is it hungry? Um, yeah, they've they've not been strong in the last three. You're right, Hamza. They've not. It's. Uh, I mean, it will come. Like they, they, they have all this ATR that's literally just reset. All this ATR from the start of the year um, to to the end of of, uh, of of June. So they've got to step forward. They've got to move forward. Stroll out qualified Alonso. Stroll Stroll was good. Actually, this is what I wanted to ask you. So pretty much the whole race, Alonso was right on Lance's gearbox, but he didn't overtake him when he quite clearly could have if he wanted to. What do we think that was all about? Because, like, there is no shot that Fernando could not have passed. Like, he was literally within a second, like, the whole the whole race. I just, I don't... I think, obviously, Fernando knows, he knows where his bread's buttered, right? Of course. And... I guess if he'd have overtaken Lance, would he have had a shot potentially at a higher position? I don't know. So I think that... Uh, it's difficult. I, I, I'm talking about the um, the sprint. Sorry, to cl- clarify. I'm talking about the sprint race. Um, so... I don't know. It, it, it seemed a bit... A bit odd to me that even like Fernando, you know what? It wouldn't have been odd to me if he'd been sat within two seconds the whole race. It was odd to me that he was so close and he was like, he felt like he was almost pushing Lance through the corners at times. And to me, that's different to just sit, you know, sit if you just hold position a couple of seconds behind so you're not getting too much dirty air but still getting a bit of slipstream, you know, that's fine. But I think I feel like Alonso. Because this is how Fernando's like, you know, this is the kind of thing that he would engage in, you know, proving a point, being like, I'm not going to overtake Lance, but I'm all over the back of him and I could if I wanted to. So, you know, I think that sends a message that even though he's finishing behind Lance, he's asserting authority. I could be, maybe that's Tim Four. I don't know. Maybe that's Tim Four, but I don't know. I know he's got no, no, nothing to prove to the rest of the world. But I think in that team with that dynamic, with Lawrence as the 
big boss and Lance, his son, as your teammate, I think I think there's there's merit in that thought. So I don't know, maybe, maybe. Fernando wants P2 in the championship. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Intimidating. He was intimidating me. Uh, and then Red Bull, fantastic performance from Max Verstappen. As per usual, we've become desensitized to Max just dominating because he's that good at the minute. Uh, Max Verstappen, incredible race. It was a, uh, yeah. Um, it, it was it was mad in, in that sprint shootout race, just seeing him, just that gap from him to, even when Checo got past Hulk, that gap just growing lap after lap after lap after lap after lap, um, you know, stayed on the end of the whole race, made it work. Quality, quality. And yeah, Checo made his way through. Checo needed, as much as qualifying was a bad one, at least this race was good. And at least, yes, his pacing qualifying was was good. He was fairly close to Max, fairly close, relatively speaking. Um, he needed this race to go well, and it did go as well as really, I think, you know, podium, well done, Checo, good, on to the next. Full, clean, Silverstone Grand Prix, please, Sergio, that would be lovely. Right, okay, cool, um, we are done. Thank you all for joining the stream. Uh, the reason I've done this one a bit earlier is because I'm shooting something really like this week. We've got two videos coming out um, on Wednesday. I've got a video coming out um, from the Austrian Grand Prix and you will want to watch it because uh, because a because you obviously want to watch it because it's me and I'm amazing. Obviously, duh. <laughs> Um, we chatted to some uh, F1 fans and supporters of the channel in Austria, which is great fun. And give the community post, there's a community post asking for your unpopular F1 opinions, 2023 edition. So go and put some in because you might make the video. Think my Canada video last year, but updated video and I actually got the audio right this time. So well done me. And then... Uh, Friday morning, there's going to be an incredibly special upload, um, which I'm filming today. So keep your eye out, right? I'm not going to say too much. I'm not going to say too much, but oh, 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 it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Um, so yeah, I really need to go because I am actually quite tight on time. Thank you all for coming. Like the stream. Again, comment Casio uh, in the comments to show you've got this far to the end of the stream. Uh, rate, five star, all that. Thank you so much for supporting and allowing me to do this for a job. Honestly, I am the luckiest bastard in the world. So thank you so much. And uh, new video Wednesday and then Friday and pre-race stream Thursday. So there's lots of Tomo content. The only video I'm not making doing something is Tuesday. Because I'll be busy editing like a madman. But anyway, right. Cheers, everyone. Stay safe. Be well. Be happy. And um, I'm off. Bye. <laughs>